Hey, everybody. Before we start the show today, I wanted to talk to you about InvestigatorsToolbox.com. This is the future of networking, training, and resource management. I am really, really excited by uh, the amount of people that are in the site already and what's going on there and the amount of training that we've got in there, the webinars, the blogs, OSINT resources, over 130. I think it's close to 140. This is where you guys want to be. If you are interested in bringing your business to the next level, if you're interested in networking with the best investigative minds that are out there, if you're interested in free training uh, from some of the best investigators out there, you need to be in investigatorstoolbox.com. Uh, so it's investigators hyphen toolbox.com. You want to go check it out. Uh, the legacy discount is ending very shortly. If you're interested, you need to join the site right away. If you wait too long, you're going to miss out on the $50 discount. Don't delay. Get in there. It's like 41 cents a day right now to get in there. If you can't afford 41 cents a day to make yourself better at what you're doing, what are you guys doing in this business, right? So uh, investigatorstoolbox.com. I wanted to talk to you about that today and go check it out. And uh, we're going to start the show. Enjoy the show, guys. What do you do when you get calls for bug sweeps? Did you know usabugsweeps.com, the number one TSCM provider in the country, pays you a 20% commission for converted sales leads? Stop turning money away. usabugsweeps.com uses top-rated technology, and they cover all of the United States. So save time and make money today. Contact usabugsweeps.com and mention PIP20. Welcome to this week's podcast. Want to know how Matt got the bug for podcasting? Well, you can thank today's guest, Francie Kohler. Francie hosts PI Declassified, a nationwide radio syndicated program that features investigators. Matt was a guest on her show in January of 2019, and the rest is history. Francie has had an amazing career, and Matt has asked her to come on to talk about some of the things she has done. Francie has been a backbone of the industry for a long time. Now let's catch up with these two and learn all about Francie's unique perspective. Please welcome Francie Kohler and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome everybody to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Well, today's show is just uh, an incredible honor for me to welcome our guest here. Uh, it's actually the reason that I'm doing podcasting. So if you enjoy this show, if you enjoy listening to it, you can thank this woman right here. So I want to welcome Francie Kohler to our program. Francie, how are you? I'm great. Hi, Matt. And, you know, I love the name of your show. PI Perspectives is perfect. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, like, the idea was I just, you know, I know so many people in the industry and so many people have different perspectives of how they do things. And I thought it'd be really cool to introduce the country to other investigators and what they do and, and what they're about. And, you know, a lot of my my interviewing format, the way I approach asking questions and doing things is a direct relation to listening to your show and, you know, getting that format and essentially <laughs> kind of finding my own voice, but borrowing a little bit of your interview style. Um, I always thought it was very cool to, to have that casual conversation. And I always think it's funny because sometimes when you're talking to people, like they're really, really uptight and you can hear it in their voice of how nervous they are. And uh, some folks know, some folks don't, but I was a, a guest on your show in January. And I remember like the first break, 
super nervous, right? We got to that first break and I'm like, I exhaled and you can actually hear my voice in the second break that I'm like much more relaxed and, and, you know, doing what I need to do. So, um, tell me a little bit about your show, PIs Declassified. Like how did you start the show? What was the idea and how did that all come about? It was really crazy, just crazy. So I had been for several years, I'd been frustrated about the myth of PIs. You know, the TV, the TV portrayal, the right. book portrayal, all the sleazy things private investigators did. I was so frustrated with that. Right. I even made up a brochure that says, uh, that talks about PI myths. And I got a call one day from this company out of Phoenix, Arizona called Voice America. Right. And they had evidently been calling around the country looking for a host for a PI show. And I guess not very successfully because evidently most people just wanted to talk about themselves. Right. And I'm not interested in that. I'm talking, I'm interested in learning about other people, you know? Right. So I thought about it. I investigated them. I wanted to make sure that they weren't too far left, too far right. Right. And I looked into them and they covered, I mean, they covered everything from psychics to Republican interpretation you know yeah. <laughs> it, i mean all across the board wow so i thought okay i mean this would probably fit for me and so i called him back in a couple of weeks and i said yeah i'm interested where how do how do we go from there because i really thought this is a good opportunity to show what pis really are what a private investigator really does and provide some education also for private investigators and he said okay he said well now i have to interview and so he asked me a few questions he said i'm gonna have to take this to the board on monday he said uh this was friday he said can you have a few shows a few topics for me by monday and i'm scratching my head i'm going oh my gosh are you kidding me so it happened to be i i was out of town right i was at a hotel the saturday morning and i sat down and within an hour i came up with 22 topics oh that's great and I called him back and he couldn't believe it. <laughs> so the rest is history. Wow. So how long had you been in business at that particular point? Okay. I've been doing the show 10 years and I've been in business now 35 years this oh. year. Wow. Um, That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm an old person. No, no, don't even say, man. The, the way your the way your spirit is, you could you could run uh, a few laps. I mean, listen, <laughs> you you're going to the gym. I'm 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 lucky to be alive these days. <laughs> yeah, well, and we all are. Uh, We're all lucky to be alive for sure. I got yeah, true, right? Uh, so I I have uh, four small children, and, and that's all the exercise that, that daddy can get these days. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Chasing them four around. Four small children will do it every day. Every day, every day but it's uh it's been good so that's that's really cool and you know it, it's interesting because on that format i don't think they have other like investigator show like you're really the only show from voice america that, in that format correct you know there there were some actually there was um a show i can't even remember the name of it uh, that tried to to project women investigators that went on for a couple of years right. so there have been some but none of them have really lasted and right. you know it's expensive. Yeah. You know, I mean, what, bottom line is, it isn't something that you just kind of throw the money away because it's expensive to do. Yeah, for sure. 
No, definitely it is. And it, not only is it expensive, but it, it's, it's a time commitment. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize when they're like, oh, yeah, I could podcast. This is great. I'm going to put my podcast out, right? And I think the, the the number is like seven, right? If you can get past seven shows, you'll probably make it. But most people give up after seven. Uh, folks don't realize like what goes into production and, and how do you prepare for things. Um, and what do you talk about? Um, I, I think for me, like the hardest lesson I learned um, was talking uh, just to myself, right? So having a program and doing a program where it's just me and I have no guests, right? That was my challenge in the beginning. I'm like, I'm going to talk for 25 minutes, just me. And yeah, what am I, I talking about? Not, right. I cannot do that. Yeah. It's Good tough. For you. It's, I couldn't do it's that. the hardest thing to do. Interviewing people, piece of cake, right? Talking to an audience that you can't see and just talking about whatever, very difficult. <laughs> you know, like, so, who well, am I? Well, you know, I got, what am I going to say? <laughs> you know, who wants to hear right. from me? Well, about my second year, I think it was, the producer of my show came to me and said, Sheriff Arpaio wants to be on your show. You know who Sheriff Arpaio is. He's the funny sheriff from uh, Arizona. Okay. Maricopa oh, yes. County. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. He's right. He's the one that has people the camps, the, uh, right? Mace the- wear pink. Right. Sell their pink boxer shorts. Yeah. I remember and him. All yep. Kinds of things. And, but, and, and, <laughs> And he's very off the wall. Right. And he's like 80 something. And he's been in office for a really long time. And I thought, well, I don't know. And there there had just been a big problem with immigration at that time. Yeah. And I, thought, I remember uh, that. I remember something yeah, about that. Yeah. I wasn't sure. But he really wanted to be on the show for some strange reason. Wow. He would come to their studio and, you know, encourage them to let him on various shows. Right. So. The week before he was supposed to be on, he was on somebody else's show and evidently got angry about something <laughs> that he was asked and walked out oh, like boy. halfway through. And so I would, then I was freaked out. Of course. You know, yeah. I thought, oh yeah. my gosh. What am I going to do if he walks out on my show? Sure, so I, sure. I called my producer. And I said, can you reach out to him and say, are you going to be on the whole show? Right. You know, who are going to talk about? Get a verbal you know, commitment. I, I want to need, I need to know if I have to fill in the time or get another guest. Right, right, right. Turned out okay, but yeah. I was, and he turned out to be a fascinating guest. That's great. And lots of programs that nobody ever heard about. So. That's, that's great. I mean, Alyssa, I remember getting the calls from like your producers and, you know, somebody reached out to me and said, hey, you wrote an article in PI Magazine, you know, we, Francie thinks it's interesting. We'd like to have you on. I was like, this is great. This is amazing. I, I remember I was like telling my friends, I'm like, I've hit the big time. <laughs> like I got people calling me. <laughs> and it was I'm like, uh, you, were a, you were a fun guest. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. It was, it was cool. And now and you, know, as a result, you came out and spoke at the California. Well, that was, that was the other thing too. So, and and that's, you know, I, I talk about this when I talk about networking and, and really trying to grow your business and things like that and how important all that is, because it is true, right? The, the, the article got me to the podcast and the podcast got me an invite to go to um, speak to Cali. And, you know, I always, the funny story I always tell with that is when you guys contact me about it, I was like, California, absolutely. I love going to California. You're like, great, we'll send you the info. And I get the info and it's like Vegas. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay, in Vegas it is, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was Vegas that year. I think it was like my fourth or fifth year going to Las Vegas. I was like, great. And it, it was the first time we'd ever gone to Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun though. I mean, even, you know, funny story, the, uh, one of the keynote speakers, the guy, uh, I forget his name, but he was the, um, 
the guy who, who did the investigations on OJ. Um, he spoke during lunch. Uh, forgive me. I, I don't remember his name, but I remember he, he came, he gave it the keynote um, and um, he had to leave. He had another appointment to go to. And I like was chasing him out the door. I was like, Hey, I'm mad. I do this, this and that, blah, 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 blah. Do you know, he called me like uh, in October or September and he gave me work. I was like, wow, this guy. Really? Yeah. He actually remembered me. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was pretty cool. And shame on me for not remembering his name, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I really, really loved it. And that, you know, that was the first uh, exposure I had to, to Cali really. And how impressive it was to see how organized you guys are in putting on your events and just how smooth everything was. And that, you know, getting to speak with the other speakers that was there. I mean, you want to talk about networking. That was, that was a yeah. really cool event. Probably ought to say what Kelly is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. might not know California right. Association of Licensed Investigators. Sure, That's sure. A good organization. Yeah. So, yeah. tell me a little bit about that organization because you you have been a, a big member of Cali for a bit, and I know you um, have this passion, um, you know, tied in with NCISS and and legislative wise. Uh, I mean, California is you know, the breeding ground for, <laughs> for problems, Robots. apparently. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah that, which is true. Legislatively, if it starts in California, it let's, usually goes across the country. Let's, let's no, talk no, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Like what, um, how did you guys identify that? And, and really, how do you attack these? Because I mean, I get the emails from you guys and I think it's impressive, like the call to actions and things like yeah. that. So tell me a little bit about them. Well, you know, we have an amazing lobbyist. His name is Jerry Desmond of Desmond and Desmond. There's you know, three people in the firm, and they are ab absolutely outstanding. And we uh, we've, we've, had, we've had a lobbyist for a long time, but the lobbyist before Jerry was a former senator that uh, he controlled everything. And when Jerry and his dad came in, his dad's retired now, when Jerry and his dad came in, they were on more of an, a grassroots kind of a process. Right. They wanted to get people involved. They wanted to get local people involved. They wanted people to meet their legislator, their senator, their assembly person, and really get to know them. And we have found that every single piece of legislation that we have introduced or that we have defeated, it has been because of the personal relationships our members have formed with these legislators. Wow. Hands down. So Jerry was hired in 1996. And I was on the ledge committee at that time. And then I became president in 99. And I decided as my first order of business, which now looking back is just nuts that I thought about doing it. I wanted to personally meet every legislator in the state of California. Wow. Well, that was like 120 people. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and of course, that put a, I think, uh, looking back, I think Jerry gulped because right. that's a that meant he go with me. Yeah. But as it's turned out, it's turned out really well. And we have developed a very strong grassroots lobbying program. Sure. We have a, a ledge day every year in March where members come up to Sacramento. We feed them. We have continental breakfast. We have nice. lunch. We, usually give the Legislative Excellence Award. We have uh, various legislators as speakers to tell, tell their viewpoint on things. And so it's a, it's a really good day. And most of the time people who attend once, and it's free on top right. of that, it's free. Okay. People attend once, they come back. 
So um, that's one area. And then um, the ledge committee that I chair, we have about 14 people and we get together every year all day long and review about 400 bills. Wow. And they're all pulled from the bills that have been introduced through keyword searches. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them we delete, some of them we monitor, some of them we, we check in to further because it doesn't quite make sense. It looks like it affects us, but maybe not. Sure. And, and so Jerry and I will go to the Capitol and go to that, the author of that bill mm-hmm. and talk to them and find out, you know, actually what it's about. Because sometimes we have a, an opposed position and it turns out that it doesn't affect us or sure. they're not doing what we thought they were doing. Right. Right. Oh, it's that kind of thing. So we're very, very actively involved until this year. This year has been crazy right. because essentially probably everywhere the capital was closed. Yeah. Yep. And then when they opened up, you had to be on a list. If you were going to testify against on a bill, that's what I do a lot too. But if you were going to testify in a bill, you had to be on a list. So you went to the capital door. They took your temperature. Oh, first of all, you crossed your name off the list. You had to have a mask on, of course. Right. Then you went inside one person at a time. Wow. Went inside. They took your temperature, asked the health questionnaire, and then you put your stuff on the conveyor belt. You had to pick up the bucket to put your stuff in. You had to take it off the conveyor belt. And then somebody with an earpiece met you like the FBI in the hallway to escort you down to the next corner crazy where another guy was waiting who escorted you to the elevator who pushed the button opened the elevator pushed the button inside and the floor you were going to and the person the next person say it's fourth floor he's waiting for you at fourth floor to escort you to the next level it's bizarre and then you have to then you have to testify between a plexiglass big thick plexiglass sheet in the one hearing room, it's right. probably about 10 foot tall and about four feet wide sure. with a microphone coming off the top. Right. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. And then lately, we had to testify in the assembly, uh, the regular assembly room. And uh, and that was weird, too, because we had to be in the balcony. There were only three of us there. Right. There were like seven legislators on the floor. It was just Everything, it's all weird. That is so strange. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. weird. That's totally, totally weird. But I, you got to do what you got to do, right? I mean, you got to do what you got to <laughs> do. And we've been fortunately, right. fortunately, because we work so hard at it. Yeah. And you've seen the campaign. We work so hard at it. Yeah. People get involved. Yeah. Uh, we've been very successful. So, so we're proud of that. So was there a question as far as like essential services for investigators in California when, when yes. everything was shut down? Is that something that you guys had to jump in and make sure that was addressed or not really? Yeah. I mean, it was really confusing. Yeah. You know, I mean, California pretty much closed down completely um, for, well, it was supposed to be three months, but I would say fully two months. Right. Then pretty much people decided that private investigators were essential services in some instances, not all. Right. But then uh, when California opened up, we started going out, my agency, uh, I think it closed down in March, my agency started going out and interviewing people about May. Right. How many people do you have working for you? Just four. Yeah. Just 
So, I'm, I'm sure you have a network of like per diem stuff too, right? I kind of do the same thing. Um, kind of boutique. And then I have a long list of people that I use for certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do most of it here. It's a, we're all female right. owned agency, nice. all female employees, right? except for the cat. He's right. a guy. And uh, he's our security, by the way, if anybody ever looks at my website, uh, Cinder is the security. So person. yeah, I, that you would be very secure for me. <laughs> I'd stop breathing when I'm around cats. So. <laughs> You're safe from me. Don't worry about it. Uh, all right. Um, so we're going to jump out for a break real quick. And, and when we come back in, I, I want to really hammer down on um, just more of, of, of you and your experience and, and the things that uh, you've come across in your career, because it, it's such a great career. So everybody sit tight and we will be right back. Are you using a case management system? The answer is no. You should really rethink that process. All right, so as you guys know, Crosstrax has been an amazing sponsor of the show. They've just been uh, really supportive. As you guys also know, I didn't used to have a case management system. I was the, the investigator that was fighting them tooth and nail. I finally decided to give it a whirl and what a great decision, right? During the COVID shutdown, I was able to actually roll my whole business into it and get completely up and running. My clients love it. I mean, just today, I got a, a phone call from a client of mine who just couldn't believe how easy it was to access everything and uh, how invoices were there. He actually asked me to go back and upload all my prior cases and put it into Crosstracks. I've been doing business with that firm for, I don't know, about eight years, so uh, it's a lot of cases. If you don't use a case management system, you should, right? You should check it out. Give Crosstracks a shot. Contact Brad or one of the teammates over there and they'll get you up and running with a trial and see if it's for you. If you have used Crosstracks and it's been a while and uh, you're not happy with the system that you're in, go check them out. They're doing a lot of really cool new things. See if it's right for you. If you're unhappy with the system that you're in right now, contact them. The ability for them to roll your system into their system is very easy. Again, you guys know they've been sponsoring this program and I can't say uh, enough good things about them, but make your own decision. Give it a shot on your own and see if it's right for you. Gain greater insight into people, assets, businesses, and their interrelationships with IDI's next generation investigative platform, IDI Core. Through a massive data repository, advanced data fusion technology, and more intuitive UI, IDI Core uncovers the relevance of disparate data points, providing actionable intelligence to support your investigations. Register for a free trial at IDIdata.com slash PI Perspectives or call 844-778-1740. Do you work with an insurance company that takes the time to give you the personal attention you deserve? Well, contact Michelle Knoll and her team to get the best customer service and attention available. You never need insurance until you really need insurance. So keep yourself and your business protected. Contact Michelle at mnoll at amoscorp.com. Did you hear about the latest issue of PI Magazine? Check out the cover feature on the Investigator's Toolbox. You don't want to miss this great issue. Available today. And welcome back, everybody, to PI Perspectives. This is your host, Matt Spare, and we're here with Francie Kaler today. Francie, how are you? I'm really good. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thanks for being a part of this. Uh, you know, like I had mentioned earlier, you know, you're uh, you're one of those people that uh, I really look up to because uh, of the the body of work is is just impressive as far as the interviews go. Um, can you tell me off the top of your head what was your favorite interview? Who, who's your favorite person to talk to? And don't say Matt Spare. Say somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, it was Stacy Keach. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. That guy's yeah. got a voice, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. They, I have played Mickey Spillane. Sure. Sure. And the reason I wanted to have him on the show is because my theme music is Harlem Nights right. from Mickey Spillane. Right. So I really wanted to have him on the show. Well, little did I know that Stacey Keach and his friend are the ones that arranged the music of Harlem Nights oh, wow. for the show. Wow. I didn't know that. That's so cool. He was he was the coolest guy. In fact, he sent me a whole bunch. I've got a got him over here. Sent me a whole bunch. He was uh, doing uh, doing some CDs of the Mickey Mickey Spillane show. Yeah. So he sent them all to me, yeah. which was cool. But then what I didn't expect is the day I interviewed him, he was at home, and he played Harlem Nights on the keyboards from his house. That's amazing. I had no idea he was a musician. That's so cool. I had no idea either. I mean, it, it, he was just fabulous and so down to earth and yeah. just a lovely man. Right. It was very enjoyable. Yeah, that's that's great. Now, I don't want you to name names, but tell me some of the nightmares you've come across and some of the uncomfortable situations that you've come across uh, through the years and how you dealt with them. On the show particularly? On the show particularly, or, yeah. Because okay. <laughs> I can tell you some others. <laughs> let's, let's keep it to the show for now. Uh, well, one thing, we've had earthquakes. During we've the show. Had, yeah, on the show. Wow. We've, we've had, uh, one time I broadcasted from Washington, D.C. It was the NCISS conference, and we were a couple of blocks from Homeland Security. Right. And every three seconds, there was a siren. Oh. That was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah no, I get that. I, my, I used to broadcast from my office in the Bronx, and, and I'm right by one of the hospitals. So, yeah, it was the same thing. So, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Again. <laughs> so there's that. Um, of course, we sometimes you lose sound. You know, you just lose it or they drop off. You don't know what happened to them. All of a sudden, they're not talking to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of a problem. You know, we get through it. I mean, you, sure. just, you roll with the punches. Absolutely. Um, some guests, I had one particular guest that I can remember. We, You and I were talking about being nervous right. before. Uh, and this she, you could tell she was like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. I mean, you could just tell her, her, her face must have been. Yeah, like that the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Because I'd ask her a question and it'd be this long pause. Right. And then she'd answer. You know, it's, yeah. it was, it's tough to interview somebody that is so nervous. Yeah. There's really nothing to be nervous about. No. You know, just have 150,000 people. That's it. That's it. I I mean, like to me, I guess the most nervous thing was, is that it is live. Right. So there is, is that, uh, that aspect of you better be careful what you're saying. Uh, because like for me, I have interviewed people and you know, I've gotten emails from them after going, Hey, that kind of violated an NDA. Do you think we could take that out? You know, like that's happened a few times. Um, and even like there was one time I was interviewing a gentleman and we were talking about cases and stuff he'd worked on. And he's like, I don't need, don't want to name names, but I'll start getting into specifics. And as he got into the specifics, I was like, oh, well, that sounds like the so-and-so case. And his eyes got, he was sitting in front of me, and his eyes got really white. And he goes, how did you figure that out? I'm like, oh, wow. I'm an investigator. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. I, felt, I felt so bad for him. I was like, I'm going to give you the audio before we release it, because I want you to listen to it and understand that I took it out and you got nothing to worry about. And uh, he felt much better afterwards. But yeah, it was just kind I, of a weird thing. Yeah. And, and you, you know, I've had situations where uh, people have said things that may be illegal. Right. Illegal or, yeah. <laughs> and, and I've had, and I have to clear it up on sure. the, online. 
I, I recall stop. that. Yeah, I recall something that happened uh, at, at some point in, in this past year. Somebody said something, and you're like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you, you just do, or, or somebody says, I mean, there's, you know, maybe there's one person that, or a couple said something pretty off color. Right. You know, it's live radio yeah 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 you get the husband and wife that start fighting with one another like no that's wrong (laughs) that could be a problem yeah that could be a problem (laughs) although full disclosure every husband and wife i've ever interviewed has been fantastic (laughs) yeah i mean i've actually only interviewed one couple no two two couples online yeah that were in business together yeah it's hard doing multiple people it's hard you know like making sure everyone gets their voice in and they're not stepping on one another. Like that's, that's always a challenge. Definitely a challenge. Um, you know, my first one was multiple people. Yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> right to that the fire. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it was, uh, it was four people. Four people. Wow. Okay. It was about the same case. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, and they had various parts to play in that case. So that was my first very first show. No, that that's good. I mean, I, I had that experience recently. I got to do a round table and it was, it was a lot of fun, but uh, you know, consciously I was like, all right, this person we haven't heard from a couple minutes. I need to ask him a, a question next. And, you know, just making sure that everyone's inclusive and nobody's falling asleep or anything like that. Um, and, and just keeping them on their toes um, and just being respectful of everybody too. I think, you know, that's something, you know, they're giving their time. You want to make sure that uh, everyone's getting, getting enough. That, that's why the Zoom platform is kind of, engaging right. because like you and i are sitting here talking just like we're sitting in the same room sure yeah and that makes a big difference i think and it, it really does and i think it adds to the energy too like i've noticed uh, as as an interviewer it's, you know like i realized that I'm, i have a camera in front of me that you're looking at me and just having that the face-to-face allows you to be a little more animated than just talking to a microphone because I, I i find that sometimes like if I'm just talking to a microphone, talking to somebody, or even if I'm by myself and I'm talking, my voice starts to trail off. And, you know, like, I feel like I'm putting people to sleep when I listen to it, you know, like, is that when you're talking talking to yourself? Yeah. You know, when I'm talking to myself, you know, I'm just like, Hey, that's like, it's like super relaxing. And I I remember one of my friends one time just sent me an email, like you're putting me to sleep. Like just, you know, can you, can you improve on the energy? You know? And it's like, if you go back and you listen to your show one through 10, you know, you'll, you hear a completely different show than what I have right now. And it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, man, I never listen to my own shows. Really? I, no, I've yeah. never listened to yeah. my shows. I have no idea. I, you know, <laughs> I, I was uncomfortable hearing the sound of my own voice for the longest time. I was like, who's this idiot? Like what gives him the right to do this? Um, but I got over it and now I'm just, I'm kind of used to it. I don't know. I just, I liked I like to hear the end product because uh, I'm not producing, right? Somebody else does it for me. So I like to hear how they cut it and put uh, everything together and uh, and just make it sound sound groovy. So who is the one person that you were never able to get or interview yet? Judge Marilyn Milan. I just had a conversation about that yesterday. Okay. Because she started about the same time I did. Okay. And I really liked her. Right. She's the only like TV judge that I really like. Um. But uh, actually, the guy that was trying to get her for me kind of surfaced the other day, and he's going to try again. There you go, right? Don't give up yeah. the dream. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I tried to get uh, Tom Selleck. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, but it, that was he was just starting Blue Bloods at the time. Okay. And he was really busy, and so I never got him. And I, I think now he's past that. He you doesn't know, want to remember his own Tom Selleck face. 
it's kind of cool that you've kind of branched out a little bit from just the PI and then you, you, you know, it's still kind of related to the industry, but you know, Mickey, Mickey Spillane, Tom Selleck, like that's, that's kind of cool that you've, you try and hit that genre too. Um, I, I, I just kind of, I wanted to have it look like I mentioned earlier. I wanted to portray private investigators in real life to shows that we're business people that do things ethically above the law. Yeah. That we don't do all the sleazy things you see in TV, right? And I also wanted to provide an educational component because I figured that even if you're not a private investigator, you can learn, you know. And I, it's been amazing. I've gotten some interesting responses, like uh, a nursing facility in some state, like in Maine or something. Right. They uh, when they did in their nursing home investigations. They put that in their library. Stuff like That's that. That's so cool, it's, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was Kelly Riddle. <laughs> that guy's like the king yeah, of that yeah, stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I love you, Kelly. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a, yeah, Kelly's a kid. He's a good guy. Just that diversification and, and uh, being able to go in, in many different routes on things. For me, this one get that I've been trying to get, and, and I look at it different ways on guests, right? So I try and approach it like, who am I going to have on A, that I think is interesting, um, that B other investigators would find interesting too. It's not just about Matt, right? And um, you know something that would be um, they can take something away from it. So, so recently, I was talking to a guy who is a uh, an engineer. You know, like a, a um, you know he he comes in and examines stairs and 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 cases. You know, like slip and fall cases and things like that. I thought that would be really cool if we could talk to an engineer. And investigators can understand, like, if they were doing that kind of work, what they would need to get the engineer what he needs, right? Like, that would be a really cool thing. And I found this guy, and he was, like, really, really cool. Like, we hit it off on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, I'd love to have you on the show. And then all of a sudden, he's like, he, I got to talk to my attorney. What do you mean you got to talk to your attorney? Well, you know, I don't want uh, somebody, you know, like, I... I I testify in court all the time. I don't want somebody taking these uh, this podcast recording and using it against me. I was like, I never thought of that. But yeah, that's that is a legitimate concern. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, work out what you need to work out, and let me know when you want to be back on. And he, he's actually reached out to me, so we may have them uh, eventually come in. And to me, uh, also one of the things that I try and highlight is I like to have all different types of investigators. I want. I want people that are just starting their business. Uh, there was a, a gal in California um, that I had on. I mean, it literally was like two or three months, um, you know, coming in that she started her business. I was like, yes, come on. Because she, she had done uh, Kelly uh, Coelho. Kelly Coelho. Um, BNC Investigations. She's great. And she speaks Portuguese, which is great. So I've used her on my Portuguese cases because in construction cases, they have a lot of Spanish speaking and Portuguese speaking. So she's actually done contract work for me. There are great female investigators in, in our industry. And, um, you know, for folks not to um, not to know about them, you know, listen, a female investigator can do a lot. I mean, you really, yeah. you know, they never see them coming, you know. So it's uh, it's uh, important. You know, just having all different types of people on the show, having that diversity, I think is really, uh, really, really important. Um, so let's talk a little bit about actually your business. So tell me the name of your business and exactly what you guys do. It's the business is called Special Circumstances. Hmm. And of course, that applies to death penalty cases, which we do do. Right. But every case also has a special circumstance, right? Sure. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it's, so it's worked worked well for us and uh you know i 
my original name was Francie Kaler PI. That yeah. Was you can't do that. No one's going to buy Francie <laughs> Kaler. <laughs> you know, yeah. you want to sell it one day. <laughs> so uh, I named the special circumstances about mm, 25 years ago or so. And uh, we do all kinds of criminal cases, all the way from pretrial to post-conviction to appellate, habeas, all the way up. And uh, we've been pretty successful. You know, mm-hmm. I always tell people that uh, just because somebody's a murderer doesn't mean they're a bad person. Yeah, there's always a they story, right? Bad situation, anytime. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, so uh, you know, law enforcement folks kind of look at me askance when I say things like that, but, uh, but yeah. it's true. Yeah, it's really true. And then the other thing that we find recently which is astonishing and different than it was say 20 years ago or 25 years ago is most of the criminal defendants are mentally ill yeah it's really amazing uh, how many mentally ill people there are yeah. and covid right now people that are in jail awaiting trial are just spinning out yeah totally. they just can't deal with this yeah, so. it's it's a crazy situation. Um, you know, I I remember them just releasing people from prison. You know, if they weren't like super baddies, it's like you know we don't want yeah. you to die in here. Um, I, I, I mean, I I know it was serious in California, but you know, I can speak to New York. I mean, at one point we had almost a thousand people a day dying, so it was pretty pretty nuts. Right, it was horrible. Uh, you yeah. guys really experienced a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and now there's the inconveniences of the little shutdowns and things like that, and it's it's really bizarre. You know, I have an office in Manhattan, and I have an office in the Bronx, and um, I'm probably uh, I'm in Manhattan like twice a week, and uh, you know, to see my neighborhood shut down and and just you know, shops that aren't back yet, you know, the place I love to get my coffee or get my sandwiches, it's it's gone, it ain't never coming back. Um, and one of the the other things that was bizarre was the chains. Like the chain restaurants weren't coming back. Like they just recently opened opened those back up. Cause I was like, wow, those are out too. That's that's really strange. Um and just seeing that and just having like the 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 minor inconveniences of things being shut down, um, it it stinks, you know. And you know, the danger too of us going out as field investigators, you know. I, today, today, I like I, I mentioned to you earlier before we got on. I like I was out in Staten Island, and I'm like, okay, uh, let me go look at the the phone here and see if Staten Island is a hotbed right now. <laughs> you know, like, can I stop and get gas, or do I just go from point A to point B? Um, you know, well, we, we yeah. always laugh because you know if we'd have gone out a year ago and knocked on somebody's door with a mask on. Right. They would have thought we were there to burglarize the house, right? <laughs> right? And now it's expected. It's like what? Yeah. Now if you don't <laughs> have your mask, they're like, oh, <laughs> get away, yeah. <laughs> get away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, and, so and like today, I met with a gentleman um, who had some health issues. Uh, it was a medical malpractice case, and uh, he's going down this laundry list of his his issues: diabetes, heart issues. Always oh, like, I got asthma, I got things like that. I'm like, I'm not taking my mask off, buddy. You know, like, and I'm not shaking your hand, and I am staying very far away from you. You know, because I don't want to be the person that that leads to your downfall. Because you are high risk, buddy. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, sure, come on in, and high five. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that. You know, so that's, we haven't gone in people's houses either, yeah. you know, because criminal defense, you don't make appointments. You just right. show up, right? you right. know, because if you make appointments, they're not going to be there when you show up. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So we just show up, but uh, we don't go in the house. Yeah. And we um, talk to them outside, maybe sit on the step or, or something like that. Um, but I don't think we've been in anybody's house since. So how do you approach uh, like social engineering um, when it comes to criminal defense and, and really creating that comfort level of, of having a witness talk to you? What are some of the challenges you face with them? Hmm. That's a good question, Matt. Um, you know, I think being casual is a key. Right. Uh, being female helps, right. I will tell you. And I think you have to be very aware of your surroundings, even when you drive up in front of the house. Right. Because your interview starts when you get out of the car. Right. Because somebody's always watching. Right. Particularly the people that we're going to interview. Right. Are typically often in crime with neighborhoods even. You know, so they're very aware, we're very hypervigilant. Right. And so I think it starts then. And I, you know, and sometimes you just say the elephant in the room like if you have to go speak to the mother of a murder victim that you the last thing you want to do right. is talk to the mother right and we say i'm probably the last person you want to talk to right just but i have some questions get it off the table right and it's disarming and yeah. it helps yeah so like that yeah, I, I remember going to certain parts of Brooklyn and the Bronx and, and, you know, showing up to these buildings where they had like, you know, the building watch, you know, and it was a group of might have been you know, three older ladies or, or you know, uh, some some gentlemen or things like that. And, you know, here's this you know tall white dude showing up in this neighborhood. Like, why are you here? You know, you must be 5-0. It's like, no, let me tell you why I'm here and what I need. And, and really um, making them a part of the narrative, I thought was really, really advantageous, right? You can help me help this person. You can help me help your neighbor, you know, if, if you just point me in the right direction. And that is how I got the success. Instead of showing up and going, you need to tell me where so-and-so is right now. And I've had people that, that training with me or, or whatever, and they were out doing that. I remember one time I went to a building and this guy was like, oh, the, why are you asking me why I'm here? You don't need to know that. And this guy was like retired law enforcement. I'm like, today's probably your last day, buddy. <laughs> and sure enough. No, it's true. And similar to your situation in criminal defense, we often run into, say, a, a 5, 10, 12 guys that are hanging out at the gate to the apartment that you're going to. Sure. You know, just hanging out in the street, hanging out at the corner store. And you're right. Many people that are law enforcement don't engage them. We do. Right. We, that's another thing. You know, hi, how you doing? You know, if they ask me, I don't tell them unless they ask. But if they ask me, I don't lie to them. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm I never lie when I'm so out there. So. Never. Yeah. yeah. For so-and-so. Yep. Yep. Uh, let me give you my card. I'm trying to help somebody. You know, and, and engage them, and yeah. and sometimes they help, and some other times they just let you go through without any question. So I'll but, tell I'll tell you a funny story real quick. So I was out doing a, um, uh, a an investigation for a bus accident where a bus had made a right hand turn. It was one of these uh, long buses, right? So the back half of the bus had right. taken out a pedestrian, essentially, just crossing the street. Um, so I'm there and I'm doing my photos and doing workup, and the, and this bus driver comes up to me. And he says, oh, you're here about that accident that happened a week ago. I was like, yeah, what do you know about it? He goes, oh, I was here when it happened. You're here. How, how are you here? 
He goes, yeah, every day at three o'clock I come and I, I take my break and I park my bus on the right-hand side of the road there. I cross the street. I go into the Starbucks. I get my coffee. I come back. I sit in my bus. I said, did you see what happened? He goes, yeah, not only did I see what happened, but I had the camera on in my bus too. So they, the oh, camera no. caught it. I was like, jackpot. Uh, and then, right. you know, I'm, I asked the guy, I'm like, you parked in the right-hand turn lane, right? He goes, yeah, this, I always park over here. I said, well, why didn't you park across the street? You know, if you, if you went past the avenue, it was a, a regular place to park. He goes, well, then it'd, it'd be more of a walk for me to go to my Starbucks. So essentially, this guy, by parking the bus on the right-hand side, blocking the right-turn lane, caused the other bus to go to the middle lane to make the turn from the middle lane. And the angle that they were making the turn, the driver was obstructed in seeing the pedestrian crossing the street. So this guy who had the video and who was helping me out um, literally caused the accident unknowingly, right? So it was crazy. So then I asked him, I was like, hey, would you like care to give me a statement on this? He's like, you know, I had a back injury from the uh, the the. Uh, my employer had a back injury and uh, they denied my claim for it. He goes, I'm up for retirement in like two months. He goes, what do you need? I'll sign whatever you want. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it was crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Of course, you know, we had to wait for him to retire to get him to yeah. come in. But um, those, are the, those are the moments. Yeah. Though. Yeah. You can't, you never can predict. And I could have told that guy to bugger off, right? If he's asking questions to me, well, what's it to you? Right. You know, well, what I'm doing here. Right. And you feel, sometimes you feel like you want to say that, like, you know, but this guy was like, he was the star witness for me. And it was just like, you know, social engineering. I got to, I got to work it. And those are the soft skills that, that, you know, you either have it or you don't. And if you have yeah. it, you're going to be very successful in doing it. And I'm sure doing your line of work in criminal uh, defense, that is like a must have, right? You know, uh, I, I'm often in neighborhoods that aren't of my ethnic ethnicity. Yeah. Obviously I'm white. Right. And many of the uh, neighborhoods that I'm in are either Latino or African American, Muslim, right. uh, Hindu, you know, wherever the crime happens to be. And so, and and often you find people at home at night. So I'll be knocking on somebody's door at night, and the reaction I typically get is, "Honey, what are you doing out here?" Exactly. Get in here. It's safer in yeah. here than it is out there. And, and I'll tell them. I'm looking for so-and-so. And, yeah. Oh, I know them. Let me take you to them. Yeah. And they walk me down the street. Before you get <laughs> mugged, let me help you out. <laughs> it's been, you know, it's that whole Columbo, ah, shucks. Yeah. I, you know, I yeah. don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You play the role. Yeah. That's that's great. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, Francis, we're going to wind down here. This was amazing. I really, uh, I really enjoyed the chat. Tell us. Yeah, obviously your PIs declassifies the, is the show. How do folks get a hold of you if they uh, have any questions or anything with them? If they have any questions, they can call me on my cell, which I will give out publicly, 510-772-5512. Okay. And they can uh, reach out to my executive producer. If they're interested in being on the show or sure. recommend somebody. And her name is Sandra Rogers at voiceamerica.com. Nice. Great. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you haven't checked the show out, folks... Definitely check it out because it's uh, so many shows have come from this show. I mean, really, Francie, thank you for uh, for your dedication and in, in um, just giving back to our industry, right? Uh, even in serving the different associations that you're a part of, and we really didn't get into all that too because there's much we could do a whole show on that. Well, you know, man, I thank you for a shot in the arm and a kick in the butt because I'm at 
contract signing time. And I was <laughs> trying to decide whether I wanted to do this another year. So right. uh, I appreciate that. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, don't don't let me sway you one way or the other, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy listening to your show. So. Yeah. Um, nice to meet you. So. Yeah, yeah. And thank you. And I look forward to seeing you eventually when we're able to go back to events and, and, and do things and, uh, um, you know, see everybody in person again. Cause I, I really miss that dearly. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is what it is these days where we all got to focus on staying alive for now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, all right, Francie. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next week on the next program. Well, this was fun. Francie had some great stories. Seriously, folks. She's done so much for our industry. Francie has been instrumental in making sure we can all do cool research. So make sure you check out her podcast, P.I.'s Declassified. We also want to thank Amos, Crosstracks, IDI, and USABugsweeps.com for sponsoring this show. Now have you checked out InvestigatorsToolbox.com yet? Remember, it only takes 41 cents a day to unlock the future of investigations. Make an investment in your business and yourself today. That 25% legacy discount won't last long. So use code PIP201836 to save even more. You can contact Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. He'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And do us a favor and leave a five-star rating and a review at Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and make sure you tune in next time. Stay safe out there.